Happy Halloween, everybody, and welcome to this very special surprise edition of the Main Event Talk, taking place right here on Halloween. I am the Main Event Player, the Super C, the God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. Now, to let everybody know about what's going on despite the fact that Halloween is today, it is October 31st and you're listening to this episode right now. This is actually being recorded around the 29th. So I went ahead and I decided that uh, if anyone's been following me on my Main Event Talk Facebook page, I've announced a couple of things. Um, Number one, there was going to be a surprise episode of the Main Event Talk, which will take place on Halloween, which is happening right now. And number two, on my Facebook page, uh, later on, hopefully when this episode is done, I'm going to be, you know, obviously I'm going to be doing the whole wrestling thing and everything else like that because we got a lot of stuff we need to cover, including WWE Crown Jewel, which will take place later on today by the way so if you guys are listening to this episode and if you guys want to get an opportunity to listen to check out wwe crown jewel here's what you need to do obviously the countdown show is going to take place around facebook and around youtube so you guys will be able to check it out and even in the wwe network but if you guys want to see the entire event of wwe crown jewel i suggest you subscribe to the wwe network and check it out you know to all the new subscribers you can get a chance to see crown jewel for free for an entire month and then after that you pay 9.99 or if the price starts changing whichever comes first crown jewel will actually start uh i believe over here in corpus christi in the surrounding areas here in texas we'll be able to see the event it'll start around 12 o'clock 12 o'clock or maybe 11 p.m depending i think i don't i'm not sure but i'm i i'm guessing the event will probably start around 12 o'clock and the entire event will start around 1 p.m today so if you guys get an opportunity if you're if you already subscribed to the wwe network you don't have to worry about it you're good but if you guys want to all you got to do is subscribe to the wwe network go to wwe.com and subscribe to the wwe network and check out crown jewel for free and everything else like that that's for all the new subscribers and everything else like that so that's taking place today and also on my main event talk facebook page i have also not only we're going to do the whole wrestling thing because we got to talk about crown jewel we got to talk about mlw's event super fight which is going to take place saturday night november 20 uh november 2nd uh, there's a lot of good matches that are going to take place at that event as well. And also, uh, there's supposed to be a UFC event that's going to take place over at Richard's Billiards, which I will also talk about as well. You know, I'm not going to talk about the full card, but we are going to talk about several events that are going to take place over at Richard's Billiards in the next couple of weeks. Now, besides that, on my Main Event Song Facebook page, since we're in the Halloween spirit, since we're in the Halloween mood, we're going to go all out in this one. I'm going to present not one, but two Halloween Havoc episodes or actually Halloween Havoc matches that are going to take place on my main event talk Facebook page so you guys can get an opportunity to see and know which matches it will be and speaking of Halloween Havoc the main event is going to be talking a little bit about Halloween Havoc and several other um horrific superstars that have played a major major role in Halloween especially in professional wrestling not just in wwe but in tna wrestling and wcw ecw and the whole nine yards you know how that stuff goes and also obviously we got to talk about crown jewel in this episode of the main event talk and also we are also going to talk about and this is kind of switching gears and everything we're going to talk about halloween 
we're actually going to talk about a few horror movies, a few, a few of my own personal horror movies that the main event, you know, likes to watch, especially when it comes to Halloween, especially when it comes to that kind of event and everything else like that. So glad you're tuning into the main event talk podcast because we've got a lot we need to talk about. Now, before we go ahead and get into the festivities and everything else like that, I want to talk about Halloween itself. And I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about the day itself. Now, Halloween has always been uh, a special event. I, I, I dig Halloween most of the time. I mean, the thing that sucks about Halloween, and, and I got to bring it up. The thing that sucks about Halloween, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that already went to H-E-B, that already went to whatever store you went to, Walmart, H-E-B, Super K, however you go, if you went ahead and bought yourself a couple of bags of candy, that's good. Because chances are, if you bought one bag, two bag, three bags, chances are two of the bags are going to be yours and one bag is going to be for the rest, whoever shows up at your house. And the reason why I say that is because around here in my neighborhood, especially over here in the Castores and Galahar area, we don't get enough trick-or-treaters out here, especially these days, especially these years. For a long time, you know, I used to remember a time when I used to love walking in these neighborhoods dressed up in a Transformer uh, costume. I, I remember I, I dressed up as Optimus Prime a long time ago. I, I, I have that pic somewhere in my house. I don't know where exactly. I, I actually dressed up as The Undertaker one time a long time ago. I had the trench coat. I had the hat. It was kind of messed up a little bit. had the pale fist with the long hair. Actually, I didn't have to worry about the long hair because I already had it. You know, that was me, though. But anyways... Halloween was always a special event. It was always a special day for me, you know. But the thing is these days, you know, especially over here in Corpus, nobody trick-or-treats in these neighborhoods anymore. Nobody does. And when they do trick-or-treat, you know where they trick-or-treat at? They trick-or-treat over at the fucking rich neighborhoods. That's the truth. I mean, come on. I mean, listen. I mean... I, I went ahead and bought two bags a couple of days ago. Two bags of, uh, of Halloween candy. Because I knew that one of those bags is going to be wasted. And the other bag is going to be full enough for me to take home or take it somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? These days, you know, I, I used to remember coming home... And, uh, and I, would buy some can- I would buy some candy, and there would be some people that would come over, and they would get candy. That's fine. And it was cool. I mean, we, had, we would get two bags of candy, maybe three bags of candy, and two of the bags would be gone. Because the kids would come by and pick them up, which is cool. you know. And I don't mind that and dig that. And then you got the typical assholes. Yes. You- and you know who those typical assholes are, and you know who you are. You're listening to the Main Event Talk podcast, for crying out loud. You're the one that goes ahead, and you're at home, and you're watching TV... Kids are knocking at your fucking door, and they want candy. You ain't got candy, and you want to yell them and say, go fuck off. And that happened to me a long time ago. I should know. <laughs> so nowadays, you know, Halloween is it's still a great event. I still dig it and everything else like that. The only time it's ever really special for me is when I either go to a club or, or go to Richard's Billiards and check out a few people coming out dressing up as, you know, Jason, some dress up as Michael Myers, other dress up as Batman, other dress up as Superman. There's actually a few people that have tried to dress up as a nature boy Ric Flair. That's actually happened. I've seen that somewhere. There's even a couple that try to dress like Hulk Hogan. Some have even dressed like The Rock, and I, I've seen those, okay? There was even one time, I think it was a couple of years ago, I think um, 
it was at Richard's Billiards. It was, I'm going to say 2008, 2009. I was hanging out there for a while, um, you know, because it was Halloween and it was around a Saturday night. And I chilled out just to, you know, have myself a couple of beers, hanging out with a friend of mine and stuff. And I saw a couple of people coming in. One looked exactly, and I dress you not, one person dressed up like Triple H. He had the sledgehammer in his hand. He had the world heavyweight tie. He had the actual replica championship and was coming out as a resident Triple H lookalike. And I, all, all I could do, all I could do, and I, I think I did this a while back. I, and, and, and even though I wish the song would have came on at the end of the night, it didn't. You know, Because this guy comes in dressed up as Triple H. I you know, looked at him. I wish I didn't have my phone at the time. You know, but I saw this dude just looking like Triple H, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And this dude, the the only thing he did bad, <coughs> the only thing he did bad was, you know how Triple H always gets the the water and you know spits it out and does it that he he tried to do it didn't work, <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> I was like, "Dude, you're supposed to be Triple H, and you try to spit the water out. What the fuck is this? Is that a faucet or a sprinkler? Tell me." the fuck you know and i put in the music i tried to put it in so that way we can hear triple h's music and that way we go ahead and check out and see what goes on blah 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 everything's fine and all of a sudden you know (laughs) the music didn't come on the night didn't go so well but it was uh it was a pretty good night you know i just went ahead and chilled out and relaxed and you know enjoyed my halloween you know wasn't much to enjoy but it was okay it was okay nonetheless but my advice to everybody, my advice to all the people that are, are going to take their kids out to trick-or-treating, if you want to send them over here to the Castoris and Galahar area over in Nicholson Street, you may know where that is, uh, no doubt there'll probably be a few people wanting to give away candy and everything else like that. If they do, that's cool. If not, well, tough luck. <laughs> but I will definitely have some candy, you know, waiting along the wings and stuff if you bring it over you bring it over if you don't i ain't gonna bitch about it the good thing is i'll have plenty of candy for me at the end of this entire halloween deal (laughs) oh my god all right guys let's um let's get off the halloween subject for a moment we'll get back into halloween spirit in just a moment we got to take care of some wrestling business right now the wrestling business is involving the wwe crown jewel event that's going to take place tonight or actually take place later on today and as i mentioned before you can see WWE Crown Jewel live as it happens on YouTube, on Facebook, and on the WWE Network. You can see it, you know, the kickoff show, and then see the entire event on the WWE Network. So as you guys know, there are several events that are going to take place at WWE Crown Jewel, several involving the WWE Championship, the Universal Championship, several involving the World Cup of Tag Teams, and everything else like that. So I'm very curious as to how all this is going to turn out. So, to give you guys an idea, to give you guys uh, about what's going to happen, if you, like I said before, if you guys are going to check it out, it's going to start, especially here in Corpus Christi, it's going to start around 12 in the afternoon. That's when Crown Jewel is going to actually happen. And then, at 1 o'clock, that's when the entire event will actually take place. I think it's going to start at 11 
and then start at 12. I could be wrong, but I need to really look into those dates to get an official word. But nonetheless, Crown Jewel will happen later on today when you guys get an opportunity. Hopefully during my lunch break, I'll be able to see the event while, you know, while I'm trying to do whatever I have to do at work and everything else like that. Sneak away for a bit and then watch Crown Jewel on Halloween. Who knows? But as you guys know, the kickoff show is going to happen with a 20-man over-the-top rope battle royal and the winner to get an opportunity at AJ Styles for the United States Championship, which he will probably be defending that title on the same night, whoever wins the battle royal. Also, uh, the tag team, the biggest and largest tag team turmoil match to determine the World Cup of Tag Teams. And um, you know what? Um, I've got to say this because it's true. What is up with this whole World Cup thing? I mean, I realize we're in Saudi Arabia. Listen, the World Cup thing went to a fucking disaster from the moment we saw it last year. You remember the World Cup last year, right? Absolutely. We saw the World Cup last year. We had a World Cup, which actually, in actuality, it's really the United States Cup because it had nothing but superstars that came from the United States instead of the entire world. If I wanted to have a World Cup, and I said this a long time ago, if the main event wanted to have a World Cup, we get someone from the United States, we get someone from Japan, we get someone from Ireland, we get someone from... Saudi Arabia, maybe, uh, Switzerland. If we, that, that's what you call a World Cup. This is it, it's just it's a cup full of shit, and we haven't figured it out yet. But anyways, the World Cup of Tag Teams, which the funny thing about it is this will actually make sense. This will actually make sense. Not all of them are from the United States, thank God. But several, let's see, from the Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, to the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Who are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, anyway? Oh, dear God, I can't, I can't even remember who they fought. Oh, wait a minute, The Revival. Duh! It's been a long time. Anyways, uh, Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler, they're a tag team. They'll be a part of it as well. Uh, the New Day, they'll be a part of it as well. Um, the OC, I believe, will be a part of it as well. The Lucha House Party will be a part of it. Several tag teams are going to be a part of it. Whoever wins this tag team turmoil match will be declared the World Cup of Champions. A lot of people are picking the New Day. I, I want the Viking Raiders to win. Hands down. I just want them to win. I want it to be done so that way we be over the fucking hill. Okay, now let's move on with the next matchup. I believe we have a singles matchup that will include a uh, the winner of the largest battle royal that took place at the Super Showdown a couple of months ago. A, a man by the name of Marsoon, I think that's his name. He's a, he's an Arabian, right? Marsoon. He is going to go one-on-one against WWE superstar Cesaro. So that's going to be a very, very good match you know, in every single way possible. No doubt it'll be a great match in every way possible. I'll take how this shit goes. Now, also, let's see what else is going to happen. Um, obviously, we got... Oh, yes, we got Team Hogan versus Team Flair. On Team Hogan, you got Roman Reigns. And you got Ricochet and Rusev and Ali. And who's the other one? God damn it, I, I had, I, oh, uh, oh, Shorty G, Shorty G, I almost forgot him, I didn't see him there, oh, okay, and then on Team Flair, you got the Viper, Randy Orton, you got 
the Scottish psychopath Drew McIntyre, the Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, who were the other two individuals? Bobby Lashley, he's in it as well, and also, oh my, oh god, don't you just hate it when you have one person in your fucking mind you can't know who he is? Oh god, who the fuck is it? Shit. Let me let me let me go down the list again. Randy Orton. Bobby Lashley, Intercontinental Championship, Nakamura. Uh, God, I had his name. Oh, Drew McIntyre. I'm sorry. King Corbin. Oh, God, there we go. King Corbin. And, 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 and by the sound of it, I may be relieved that I know the name, but I wish I would have never said that fucking name. But anyways, that's the team. Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Who is going to win this matchup? Some people are going to go for Team Flair. Some people are going to go for Team Hogan. I think Team Hogan will win hands down. I think that will be the end of that fucking show. Now, also, the WWE Championship will be decided, and, and, and I stated I stayed this before, and I'll stay by my statement again. I don't think the WWE Championship will be, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't be on the line at all. It shouldn't even happen, but it's going to happen. When Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate, defends the WWE Championship against a for, uh, the man who took... Not only who took the UFC Heavyweight Championship from Brock Lesnar, but also left him a matching scar on his face in the form of Cain Velasquez. Now, I've stated this on a few of my episodes of the Main Event Talk podcast, and I'm standing by my statement here when I say I think Cain Velasquez should win, but he shouldn't win the title. He shouldn't, as far as I'm concerned. Because to me... In my view, if it was just a one-on-one match between Brock Lesnar and Cain Velasquez, it would it would be a huge build-up. It would be great. And then if Cain did, if Cain could beat Brock Lesnar at WWE Crown Jewel, then it would open the opportunity for Cain Velasquez to go after the WWE Championship. But since stupid creative decided to get involved and say, hey, we're going to go ahead and just make this a WWE Championship matchup to build up this whole fucking story. No, you know how you build up a story? You leave the title out, you let the two go at it, you see how it goes, and if it ends up the way that I see it, then you go ahead and give every give Cain Velasquez an opportunity at the WWE Championship. But nonetheless, that's what's going to happen at WWE Crown Jewel. It's going to be Brock Lesnar defending the WWE Championship against Cain Velasquez and no doubt Paul Heyman will be on one side and possible that Rey Mysterio or and possibly Dominic will be in Cain Velasquez's corner. We'll see how that goes. Also, Xboxer versus wrestler, the monster among men, Braun Strowman to go one-on-one against boxing legend Tyson Fury. Now, I've stated this before and I'll say it again. I like these boxer versus wrestler type situations. It's been a long, long time since I've seen anything like that. I mean, last time I heard anything about a boxer versus wrestler was back at WrestleMania 24 when Floyd Money Mayweather took on the big show and then we know how that bullshit went down. And then I still remember a long time ago, remember remember the classic boxer versus wrestler, the great Muhammad Ali went one-on-one against the great WWE Hall of Famer Gorilla Monsoon. Oh, that was epic. That was classic. Now, we got two men, two big men, in their respective, you know, genders. One is for wrestling and other is for boxing. Now, uh, 
I expect Braun Strowman to take Tyson Fury to school. I really do. I really expect that from Tyson Fury. But I also expect Tyson Fury to do good, to do very well. And even though despite the fact that the WWE gave him a payoff of $15 million, yes, $15 million, ladies and gentlemen, I expect Tyson Fury to do good. And I actually, and I know some people are going to find this a little bit shocking, I say Tyson Fury could beat Braun Strowman. I know some people are probably telling me, why can't you just side with the wrestler? It'd be easy to side with the wrestler. Be easy. But if you know the payout and you know the shit, you know WWE is not going to let Tyson Fury just go ahead and lose. No! Unless something goes down, which, you know, if, 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 they, if they choose, this is my opinion, if they choose to go ahead and let Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury go at it, one more time, say at the Royal Rumble, I would say WrestleMania, but I'm going to go with the Royal Rumble. But say if they go at it against each other again at the Royal Rumble, then that means that Tyson Fury lost to Braun Strowman, and Tyson Fury wants a rematch, and he wants to take on Braun Strowman in the near future, which would be big money. We'll see. It may be blood money to everybody else, but it's money! All right? It's money, however you fucking see it. So I see Tyson Fury... Possibly winning the match. Could happen. Could happen at WWE Crown Jewel. We'll see how that goes. Now, uh, I know that I know there's a couple of more matches that are going to take place at Crown Jewel, but we got to talk about this one match. For the Universal Championship matchup, it's going to be Seth Rollins defending the WWE Universal Championship against Bray Wyatt the Fiend. We all know about Hell in a Cell. We all know about what took place and everything else like that. We all know about how that shit went down. And all of us are wondering, okay, when is this feud going to end? When is it going to be finished off? Here's my view of things. All I know is Seth Rollins will somehow be able to walk away. He'll be able to walk away with the Universal Championship. He'll probably hit the Fiend with 250 curb stomps. We'll see how that happens. A 95 chair shot to the fucking head. 69 fucking sledgehammer shots. Oh my god, he's going to throw him off the fucking building and watch him splat like a little fucking bug. And then it's falls down anywhere, by the way. And then he's going to pin him right either in the middle of the ring or outside the ring or however it fucking goes. Here's my quote. Here's my bottom line. I am going with Seth Rollins. People will boo the shit out of Seth Rollins. You can call him plain. You can call him dry. All you can call him is the best because as long as he holds on to that title, he is still the best wrestler in the world. And by the way, he's way better than Kenny Omega. That's the fucking truth. And until Kenny Omega leaves the minor leagues and comes over to the major leagues of the WWE, there's no place for him to talk. Okay? So Seth Rollins will beat The Fiend, and then Fiend will move on, and then he'll go to SmackDown, rebuild his character, and make him look good, and then that's it. Okay? And I'm not saying that The Fiend sucks. No! I'm not saying The Fiend sucks at all. All I'm saying is... The Fiend just has to lose now. Because before, it was cute. Before, it was great. But I know all the fans still want, they still want The Fiend to be the Universal Champion. But if that happens, if that happens, then does that mean he goes back to Raw? Does he stay on Raw? Or does he go to SmackDown with the Universal Championship? 
All I know is I'm going with Seth Rollins. I like The Fiend, but I think we're just going to stick with Seth Rollins for now. Everyone can boo this. Everyone can hate this. Everyone can say I'm fucking wrong. But I am going to say Seth Rollins will remain the Universal Champion. The Fiend will lose. And then The Fiend will come back from the fucking grave and take Seth Rollins' soul and bring him right down to the depths of hell. And it will be the end of Seth Rollins and The Fiend. Oh, now I feel a need to watch Halloween. <coughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh, God, as, as you can tell, I'm sort of pumped up for Crown Jewel. Sort of pumped up for Crown Jewel. But nonetheless, I, I know there's some added matches that are going to take place at Crown Jewel. I'll probably look into that. But no doubt there'll probably be a couple of added matches that are going to take place at Crown Jewel. So stay tuned for that. WWE Crown Jewel is taking place today, ladies and gentlemen. So if you guys got nothing to do, all you got to do is go to Facebook, watch, go to YouTube, go to the WWE Network, and check out the kickoff show as it happens around 12 noon. And then by 1 o'clock, the entire event will start. And check it out live as it happens on the WWE Network. Free for subscribers and everything else like that. Okay, let's get off the WWE crown jewel train and get into a little bit of classic wrestling. You know, when it comes to Halloween, when it comes to Halloween, you know what comes to mind, ladies and gentlemen? You know what comes to mind? Let me tell you what comes to mind. For every wrestling fan, there was always this one event that we all love to watch. This one event that happens pretty much every time Halloween comes around. And this used to happen back in not just the late 80s, but also in the 90s as well. And this event was called Halloween Havoc. Now, as a kid, uh, when I first was exposed to uh, uh, WCW Halloween Havoc, it was back in 1990. Uh, They did their first Halloween Havoc in 1989. I was not a fan of that. Uh, I was not a fan of... I think I was a fan at the time of, well, it was WCW, but it was still called NWA at the time. And when I saw Halloween Havoc in 1990, it featured Sid Vicious to go one-on-one against Sting for the World Heavyweight Championship. I remember, I remember that matchup in that particular nature. There was also another matchup, which was, which was uh, bad guy versus bad guy, this tag team matchup. It was the World Tag Team Champions Doom, and they went up against the Four Horsemen of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson. I mean, I remember, I remember that tag team matchup a long time ago. And then, remember the appearance of the Black Scorpion? You remember that? I remember that whole thing with the Black Scorpion and Sting and all that other stuff. I mean, that was just some crazy, crazy stuff. And that was that was one of my all-time favorite Halloween Havoc moments. And for years, Halloween Havoc was always one of the best Halloween pay-per-views you could possibly imagine. I, you know, I still remember um, Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal. I remember that. And I remember also the... The match that Hogan had with the Giant at the time for the World Heavyweight Championship. And then, and who can forever forget one of the greatest Halloween Havoc matches of all time? And, and it's got to be on your list. It's definitely on my list as well. It's one of the greatest Halloween Havoc matches of all time. It is for the Cruiserweight Championship matchup. Eddie Guerrero, the late, great Eddie Guerrero defending the WCW Cruiserweight Championship against Rey Mysterio Jr. And that is still 
one of my all-time favorite classic matches that took place at Halloween Havoc. And, you know, I still remember ordering the pay-per-view and checking out that matchup, and I was just mesmerized by how, how this matchup was so innovative. It was so different. It was so ahead of its time. I, I was, like, watching it all as a fan. And at that time... I really didn't know who to root for at that time, especially when it was in 1997, in a very confusing stage where even though in 1997, during the Attitude Era, or during the development of the Attitude Era, there were no good guys and there were no bad guys. It was hard to tell who was good, who was bad. But in WCW, you knew who good and who, you know, who who the good guys were and who the bad guys were. In this case, I think Eddie Guerrero was the bad guy and Rey Mysterio was the good guy in this case. And it was uh, one of my all-time favorite matches of all time, and I still like watching that match to this day. Halloween Havoc was always, you know, one of my favorite events. If I, if I, re- if I can remember a couple of other Halloween Havoc moments... Um, Ooh, I would have to say uh, if I wanted to go. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know one. I know one. This one's uh, 1992. Spin the wheel, make the deal. Jake the Snake Roberts went one on one against Sting, and it was, uh, I believe, it was the coal miners glove match. I think that's the one I remember the most. And in that match, I know Jake the Snake lost to Sting, but if you remember quite well in that matchup. Sting, I, I I don't know exactly what he did, but I remember when Jake Roberts had his cobra, and that cobra bit him right in the face, and I and I'm not kidding. I mean, the cobra actually bit him right in the face. You remember that whole thing when Randy Savage got bit, got bit by the snake at the hands of King Cobra at the hands of Jake Roberts, right? That was a long time ago. Now in this one, this is where Jake the Snake Roberts accidentally put the cobra on his face. And the, the cobra was chewing on his face. And I, I remember seeing that. I was like, oh, my fucking God. This was on pay-per-view. This was on pay-per-view. That was the most horrific thing I've ever seen. And at that time, I think that was when Jake the Snake Roberts was done. That was when Jake the Snake Roberts was done with wrestling. For that time being until he came back in 1996. Uh, another matchup that I can possibly remember. Oh, wait a minute. Um, was it Halloween Havoc or was it... Actually, it was... No, it wasn't Halloween Havoc. I'm sorry. It was... Um, <clears throat> I was... Wa- what was I watching? It was 1991, Halloween Havoc. Um, oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know. It was this... Uh, the the Thunderdome or the Chamber or whatever. The, the Chamber of Horrors, whatever that was. Uh, if anybody remembers 1991, Halloween Havoc... Um, there were several wrestlers that were involved. One was Abdullah the Butcher. Another was Cactus Jack. Rick Steiner. I'm trying to remember a few other people that were involved in this match. But anyways, they were trapped in this fucking cage, right? They were trapped in this big Thunderdome cage. And in that match, I remember seeing... I think Rick Steiner was caught in the chair by Abdullah... Cactus Jack was fixing to go to the switch. And when, I don't know why, and, and I, I, I think I'm the only one that probably notices this. The switch was down. And I was like, wait a minute, isn't the switch supposed to be up for it to be off? 
and then when you switch it down, then it turns on. Why is the switch down? It's supposed to be, well, it's a very confusing time in professional wrestling. Nobody can figure this shit out. But anyways, Cactus Jack is on his way, climbing up to get to the switch. Rick Steiner is caught in this chair, right? Rick Steiner is caught in this chair, and then all of a sudden, Rick switched chairs, belly, I think, did a belly-to-belly suplex on Abdullah the Butcher, placed him in the chair, the electric chair to be exact, and then when Cactus threw the switch on, he had no idea that he electrocuted Abdullah the Butcher. Oh yeah, I, I was I was just laughing my fucking head off when I was laughing. Dude, you have any idea that you just shocked your fucking partner? Oh my fucking god. I, I was just looking at Abdullah the Butcher and he looked, you know, with the blood coming to his forehead and it was just frightening to look at i was like dude oh my fucking god that was <laughs> I, 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 some people consider that one of the worst matches of all time i think it was a great match i think it was i think it was awesome to watch that but speaking of great matches there was a there was a couple of other halloween havoc matches i remember speaking of the thunderdome when they put that match up together a long time ago when they first did the first halloween havoc i saw this about one year ago, I think I remember watching the, the. You know, if you've seen the first Halloween Havoc from 1989, you got to see it on the WWE Network. It was so badass to watch. The, the entire event itself was badass in its own way. But the matchup I remember the most was um, the Thunderdome Cage featuring Sting and Ric Flair teaming together to take on the Great Muda and Terry Funk with. Um, with uh, Gary Hart on the on their side and Ole Anderson on the other side. Now they were, if I remember this correctly, they were the designated terminators. Now in this matchup, there were no pinfalls, no submissions of any kind. The only way to win this match is that the designated terminator has got to be the one to say that the match is over. He'll throw the towel in, just like that. So the matchup, I remember the very beginning of the matchup where... There was an electrocution, right? I think uh, the Great Muda was trying to put out the fire, right? There was a fire that was right there in the corner um, of the cage. It was something was being set on fire. They were trying to bring some extinguishers and everything else like that. And the Great Muda had brought his own extinguisher. Oh, yeah, he just blew in the green mist right at the fucking fire. And I'm like, fuck yeah, he got his own fucking extinguisher. That's what I'm talking about, his own fire extinguisher. Oh, man, that was classic. But the matchup, nonetheless, between Ric Flair, Sting, The Great Muda, and Terry Funk, it was awesome. It was a great, great matchup. I was just, you know, mesmerized watching this matchup. I think, um, I think it was The Great Muda who got electrocuted. He tried to get out of the cage, right? But then, I guess he went to the corner, and then all of a sudden, when he touched the cage, he got electrocuted. He got stung. I was like, holy shit. Well, you paid for that, didn't you? <laughs> so... At the end of the match, Ric Flair had Terry Funk in the figure four leg lock. Sting was climbing up the uh, climbing up the ropes and was jumping on top of Terry Funk. Kept splashing him every time until Terry Funk gave in. And even though Terry Funk was signaling that he was done, Gary Hart was not going to throw in that towel. It wasn't going to happen. So that, but then Owen, uh, not Owen Hart, uh, Ole Anderson went ahead, and um, while the referee's back was there, the referee, by the way, was the legendary Bruno San Martino. 
he was a part of that matchup. Uh, he was, you know, the guest referee for that match. So it was uh, good to see Bruno in uh, in that matchup capacity. Ole went ahead. The referee's back was turned. Ole had hit Gary Hart, and Gary had accidentally threw the towel out. And it was right at Bruno's hands, and it basically told Bruno the match was over. It was done. It was out the window. Pretty much it. Done. Over with. You know, that was just (laughs) an epic classic right there. Um, One other Halloween Havoc matchup that I remember quite well was the... I think it was... I don't know if it was considered a retirement match. I kind of knew this was one of these matches that it was going to end up where we were going to see Ric Flair come back to the ring anyway. It was 1994... It was Ric Flair taking on Hulk Hogan inside the confines of a steel cage. The special guest referee was Mr. T. Mr. T was the referee at the time. And there was uh, a lot of controversy surrounding that whole deal and everything. And there, there was, you know, because we weren't sure where Mr. T's loyalty lied. Whether it lied with Hogan or whether it lied with Ric Flair. But we knew what happened at the at the very, very end of Halloween Havoc, um, 1994. Hogan would eventually win his matchup against Ric Flair. And Ric Flair would, at that time, he was going to be... Well, they say he re- he was going to retire, but he was going to come back in a few months. I and mean, we all saw that coming. I mean, come on. Ric Flair's not retiring. He's not leaving the sport of professional wrestling. He did in 2008, but that's a different fucking story. All right? That's a different fucking story. The point is, Hogan won the match. Ric Flair was done. But I think I remember at the very, very end of Halloween Havoc, we've been, there was this masked individual that came at the very, very end of Halloween Havoc. This masked individual had attacked Hogan on a couple of occasions, and we all wondered who this individual was, right? I mean, he came with a lead pipe, and he was going to attack Hogan, and he was just waiting there. And I was thinking in my head that it was Arn Anderson. In my head, because the first mass victim was Arn Anderson. He, he, you know, he moved like Arn Anderson. He walked like Arn Anderson. He did wrestling holds like Arn Anderson for crying out loud. It was double A. We all knew it was double A. Give me a fucking break. And then when the mask was revealed and Hogan took off the mask, it was his own. Well, it wasn't his own brother, but it was his own good friend. And WWE Hall of Famer now, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, you know him as Brother Brudeye. And I was in shock when I saw that because I was like, he actually turned on Hogan? And then all of a sudden, Brudeye is not alone. Here comes Kevin Sullivan. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get another defector from WC from the WWE coming into WCW. He was known as Earthquake, but when he came to WCW, he was known as Avalanche. You know, and I was in shock to see Avalanche show up and attack Hogan and, you know, put him down and everything. Then here comes Sting to save the day and everything else like that. It was just crazy. It was very, very crazy. I mean, Halloween Havoc uh, 94 was another one of my all-time favorites. Uh, and to get one more in before I get into my little stories about one of my favorite Halloween movies of all time. One more Halloween Havoc that I am going to dig the most. Um, 
I think it, which one was it? It was Halloween Havoc 1996. It was, oh yes, Halloween Havoc 1996. And uh, this one I remember very, very well because in this match, it was at that time NWO Hollywood, Hollywood Hogan to defend the WW, well, actually the NWA or NWO World Heavyweight Championship as he took on the Macho Man Randy Savage. Now, I'm not going to get into the suspense with the formalities of everything. Hogan won the match, obviously. I mean, we all saw it coming and everything else like that. And then, and then after all that was over, then something else occurred. Oh, yeah, something else occurred. And Hogan was victorious. Hogan was on top. Hogan, you know, did everything he could. And, you know, then all of a sudden I started hearing bagpipes. I was like wondering, okay, what's going on here? Why are we getting all of these, you know, bagpipes? What's going on here? And then it occurred to me who was coming down. It was none other than Rowdy Roddy Piper. And I was like, what? You know, and at at that time, at that time, I still remember, this was 1996. We were still getting a lot of defections from WWE coming over to WCW. You know, everyone know about Hogan being there, Savage being there, Nash and Hall. All of a sudden, Piper shows up. And I still remember the promo that he cut right on, on Hogan talking about, you know, you said if it wasn't for you, professional wrestling wouldn't be what it is today. Boy, do I got news for you. I'm here to give you a reality check there, partner. You see, I'm just the biggest star in this sport as you are. Yeah, I remember I remember that line quite well. And um, I still remember the, the one line that Piper said to Hogan, which, I mean, it summed it up. It made sense about everything because he said... Uh, he told uh, uh, he told Hogan. I think I remember him saying, "You know what bothers you? I am the only man you have never been able to beat." And that that infuriated Hogan right there. I, I still remember that look on his face. And then Piper went on saying, "And I'll tell you something else. You're going to admit this." I am a bigger star in this sport, and whether you want to say it or not, you at least have the guts to put your hand out, and you shake my hand, and you admit that it isn't you that brought all these people here. It's all of these people here that made you. (laughs) I remember that line, and that was definitely one of the classic lines that I remember from... Roddy Roddy Piper, uh, Halloween Havoc, uh, 1996. That was a classic. So <coughs> I would like to get into a little bit more classic Halloween Havoc with everybody else in this case. But uh, if you guys want to check out some WWE... Okay. If you guys want to check out some classic WCW Halloween Havoc, then I suggest you go over to the WWE Network and look for WCW Halloween Havoc and check out all of the classic Halloween Havoc moments that took place and everything. Everything from uh, way back in 1989 all the way down to 2000. I've never seen the 2001. I'd like to see it, but I, I, I don't know where to throw up or to shoot myself in the fucking eye. 
But anyways, check out Halloween Havoc. Check out all the Halloween Havocs from 1989 all the way down to 2000 on the WWE Network. You can even check it out on YouTube as well. You can check out some of your favorite Halloween Havoc moments from all of your favorite WCW, WWE superstars that were part of it. I love Halloween Havoc. Every time when Halloween rolls around, I just want to watch Halloween Havoc. That's it. That's all I want to watch is Halloween Havoc. Now, um, <clears throat> we're going to skip away from the wrestling deal for a while and get right into what I need to talk about in this case. Uh, this is a bit of a different uh, spark for me because normally, normally I would talk wrestling. That's all I would talk about in this case. But for Halloween, I mean, we, you know, we want to get into the subject of horror movies. We want to get into the subject of that because this, this is a different type of deal. Like I said, I talk wrestling, but I actually want to talk horror movies now since we're in the Halloween festivities. You know, <coughs> I love watching some of these old classic Halloween movies and all these classic Friday the 13th movies and watching all of these awesome horror movies from back in the day the horror movies that you see now especially here in 2019 um there were several that came out like uh it and um it two chapter two i think that's the one you know some of the horror movies that you see now they're probably more scarier than they've ever been you know and you know, I can, I can admit that because especially with you know 2019 with all these movies that are coming out that are you know they look awesome they look good, um, I've always felt like the movies now will never be able to compare to the movies that we used to watch as kids years ago. You know, when when I was a kid, I used to love watching you know um, like I said the old classic. Uh, I love watching the Friday the Thirteenth movies. My favorite, if I were to pinpoint one of the Friday the 13th movies, my favorite would have to be Jason Lives. That's that's one of my favorite ones. That's part six. Uh, Friday the 13th, Jason Lives. Uh, I like it because, you know, I've seen the movie a couple of times. I wouldn't mind seeing it again. And it was just... There was just something about... I, I think maybe because Alice Cooper was in the movie, you know, the soundtrack, have you ever heard that song, Teenage Frankenstein, you know, that was the, so the song that came out in the soundtrack. The movie itself, I mean, I, I just love how how it came out. There were the two two guys that were coming in, going to Jason's grave, and they were trying to open his grave up, and all they wanted to do was kill Jason's remains, which was a big mistake. And all of a sudden, there's this rod, I think, apparently, they were trying to kill Jason with, and then all of a sudden, a lightning would strike, and then that lightning would strike right on where the rod was, right where Jason's grave is at, and all of a sudden, when that shit happened... Holy fuck, Jason comes back to life. Oh my god, one guy gets killed, and then the other guy takes off to go get help, and everything else like that. And then, you know, the, the killing spree would begin with Jason, and he would go after everyone and start killing everybody. And then, of course, he would die at the end like he always does, but we all knew that every single time when we were watching a Friday the 13th movie, all of a sudden, Jason would come back at the end of the movie. And I always wondered, when, when is this whole thing with Jason going to come to an end? And I believe it happened around, I think it was, what, 93, 94, Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. I remember seeing that one, and it was good that it, was good that it came to an end like that. It, it was real good. The thing that was funny about that movie was we got a preview of something. 
If anybody remembers the end of the of the Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday, there was this part where Jason was, you know, his his mask was left behind at the end of the movie. The camera goes very close to the mask, and then all of a sudden, we see a hand come up, take the mask, and bring it to hell. It was none other than Freddy Krueger, you know? And I was in shock. I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck is this? Fucking Freddy comes out and just takes the fucking mask and everything. And I think at that time, I think if I remember this, at that time, when they did, um, when they did the, um, Jason Goes to Hell movie, I think the movie was on New Line Cinema, and at that time, I, if I remember this correctly, they did buy out the, the Friday the 13th franchise, and New Line Cinema was really all about Freddy, you know, and I guess the connection right there, I mean, we would get a preview of Freddy versus Jason somewhere down the road, and we did. And I and I seen it. I've seen Freddy vs. Jason and it was a it was a good movie. I mean I it wasn't like the best of them all, but it was good to see that. The only thing that's missing from this whole situation, and we're all anticipating to see this, and I want this to fucking happen. I want I want this to happen. I don't care about the reboot of Friday the thirteenth. I don't care about the reboot of Nightmare on Elm Street. I don't care about what any reboot of Halloween either. But I do want this. I do want this. Just so everyone can know where the fuck I'm coming from. I want to see a triple threat match. I'm not, not talking wrestling, but although it does sound a little bit like wrestling. I want to see Jason Voorhees versus Freddy Krueger versus Michael Myers. And I want to see who is going to fucking win in this match. I would go with Freddy. No, no, I'm sorry. I would go with Jason. I'm sorry. I would go with Jason in this one. Because to me, if, uh, you know, when I look at, obviously when I look at Jason, I think of Kane. Well, even even when I looked at Kane, I think of Jason. But he also had like that Michael Myers feel to himself. You know what I mean? And if I were to picture this, and if I were to think about this correctly, and let's see if some people will agree upon this, I think The Fiend is more like Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> think, think about it real hard. The Fiend kind of reminds me of Freddy Krueger. Yeah, I mean, just, just think about that real hard. Let that sink in and everything else like that. And speaking of Freddy Krueger, uh, oh man, Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, those were some good movies. I, I, I really love, I love the first one. The actual, my actual, the first time I've ever seen Nightmare on Elm Street was uh, part two. I've seen that one. I think it was uh, Freddy's Revenge or Freddy's Return or something like that. I think that's what it was. Uh, Dream Warriors, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. That was definitely one of my all-time favorite ones. That one and part four. Dream, not Dream Warriors, but it was Dream Master. I think that's what it was called. And at that time, um, uh, Friday the third, no, Friday, I'm sorry, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, I think, had a good soundtrack going, um, especially when it came to the song Dream Warriors. We know who played that song. That was Dawkin. Dawkin did that song very, very good. I, I still did that song to this day. Dawkins also the one that did the song for Into the Fire from NWA Power, if anybody remembers that. <laughs> but anyways, um, 
like I said, if I were to pinpoint my all-time favorite Nightmare on Elm Street movie, I'd have to go with um, I have to go with Dream Warriors, just because of the soundtrack and just because it was a it was a great great horror movie and it was just man, it was so amazing to watch that movie. It was you know you couldn't believe you know I guess everyone was in like a, a asylum. Uh, like a hospital or something like that and everyone was getting killed random left and right and before you know it all of a sudden all these guys were coming out as warriors and only like maybe three or four of them survived right the others were like completely obliterated and killed in that movie which was pretty cool you know i dig that and another uh before we end this episode of the main event talk um Another one, I, I got to go with Halloween on this one. And if I wanted to go for my all-time favorite Halloween movies, uh, out of all of them, I was going to say maybe part four. Part four, The Return of Michael Myers. But I would actually go with... Uh, it's not part five. It was part six. And this one is something that I remember very, very well. It was around 1995. It was Halloween Resurrection. Not Resurrection. It was... um, If I remember this correctly, there was the first Halloween. Then there was Halloween 2. Halloween 3 was... Halloween 3, I don't know why people... you know, And this is just my view of it. Halloween 3 wasn't really that much of a a great movie. It, It was okay horror film wise but the only reason why I didn't like it was because Michael Myers was not involved um, Michael Myers uh, the return of Michael Myers that happened on part 4 Michael Myers Revenge that was part 5 part 6 was Michael Myers um, I don't know if it was Resur- I know that H2O was Resurrection. That was that one. I, I, I forgot what part six was. But I remember seeing that movie over in uh, theaters a long time ago. And I was hanging ten with my, my longtime best friend. This is something I always remember. My longtime best friend, Adam Ramos. Me and him went ahead and checked out, um, checked out that movie uh, together. And it was, a, it was a very good horror movie. I, I, I love how uh, this Michael Myers uh, uh, movie was. This hollow this was my favorite Halloween, probably right next to part five to be exact. But this was my favorite all time um favorite Halloween movie. But anyways, um this one had also featured I, I think it was the final appearance of um the man that that followed Michael Myers. Oh my god, I forgot what his name was. He was the guy that Michael Loomis, I think that's what what his name was, but he played um, he played the doctor, he played the detective. He was the guy that was always following around Michael Myers, and he he, he appeared in the first two episodes, the first two uh, movies of of Halloween, and then he appeared in the fourth and fifth one, and then the sixth one. This was his final one, and I think I remembered at the very very end. I think Michael Myers was, well, it's always one of those deals where he dies, he's done, and then the kids leave, they take off, and Loomis was left behind, and then the last thing I remember at the end of the movie was, there was Michael Myers' mask, there was all this green goo, and then I was hearing, like, screams of horror, and it sounded like Loomis, you know, I think he died at the very, very end of the movie, but in reality... 
he had already passed away, and the movie was dedicated to him, and uh, that what that why it's considered one of my all time favorite movies. So, Halloween, Halloween, and and Freddy, you know, and Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the Thirteenth, those were my all time favorite movies. And I liked the Creep shows, you know, those were my favorite movies. I remember another one called House, that was another one that I did as well as a kid. So. If you have a certain favorite type of horror movie that you like on Halloween, then you can go ahead and let me know what you think and everything else like that on my Main Event Talk Facebook page. Or here on my uh, Main Event Talk, uh, subscribe to um, my podcast here. So, we're almost at the end of this Main Event Talk episode. So... I just want to tell everybody before we go ahead and go, later on on my main event song Facebook page, we're going to be doing, you know, some, some, I'm going to bring up some episodes or, or some matches that took place from Halloween Havoc that will show up. And also, I'm going to be throwing in a lot of Halloween videos, including stuff from Pantera, some from my, my, all, one of my all time favorite bands, Halloween. Not Halloween, Halloween, you know, but they did the song called Halloween, which I'm going to be playing here in just a moment. And then there's also, you know, Suicidal Tendencies, Metallica, Megadeth, of course, Slayer, Con- uh, Carcass, uh, Cannibal Corpse. There's going to be a lot of Halloween videos that I'm going to be presenting on my Main Event Talk Facebook page. So if you're interested in checking it out, Go to my Main Event Talk Facebook page at facebook.com slash at Real Main Event Talk. Obviously, we're going to be talking a whole lot about what's going on in professional wrestling and everything else like that. But we're also going to bring in a lot of Halloween stuff and everything else like that just to get ourselves ready for Halloween. And then, of course, we all know that Crown Jewel is taking place tonight. Don't forget to check that out on the WWE Network. Check out the kickoff show as it happens on the WWE Network, on YouTube, and on Facebook, and on Twitter, and everything else like that. Don't forget to check out several other events are going to take place. Richard's Billiards has several big time events that are going to be taking place in the next couple of weeks, which I will explain on the next episode of the main event talk, which will take place this Saturday, this Saturday on my regularly scheduled program. And we got a lot of things we need to talk about on that episode, including MLW's event for the super fight is going to take place live Saturday. The second, there's several Uh, championship matches that are going to take place and also next week AEW's full gear is going to happen live November 9th live as it happens on the on the um on pay-per-view I I almost said the WWE Network holy fucking shit and also besides that event besides that event that's going to take place as well um there's going to be a big event that's going to take place at Richard's Billiards speaking of that there's going to be a show that's going to happen with a band called Michael Graves. And also it's going to include American Psycho and a couple of other bands. Tickets go on sale for it's $12 and $15 at the day of the show. So guys, I'm going to go ahead and, and leave you with one of my all-time favorite songs right here on the Made of It Talk podcast. Thank you for listening. I will see you this coming Saturday on the Main Event Talk podcast. Why? Because I can and I want to. Any questions? Enough said. Happy Halloween to you all.